everybody, this is MG, and I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. So Sober Sisters Talk is a podcast that MG and I do every week. We try to do it every week, and we try to bring to you our experiences working several programs and just share with you what we have come across in our lives. And I like to say, I don't know how to keep anybody else sober, but I know what works for me. And that's what we want to encourage people to do in this podcast is to figure out what works for them. And that's where MG and I are a little bit different because I like to tell people what to do and think that I can keep them sober. (laughs) (laughs) But we just invite you to listen. It's fun and it's also really educational. We cry, we laugh, we do a little bit of everything. We have guests, we work the steps. It's great. So stay tuned to the next podcast coming right up. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Thank you. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. I'm MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Sober Sisters Talking. Okay, welcome. (laughs) I had a good day, so I feel really good today. What about you? Uh, I feel great. This is day five where I haven't had to take any melatonin, any muscle relaxers, or anything to get deep, restful sleep. I've been... uh, High five. High five. High five to you, girlfriend. You know... Because I feel you. Yeah, and I've really been struggling with that for, um, you know, two months now. And, um, you know, and I think... What are you doing different? That's the weird thing. I don't know that I'm doing anything differently. I am watching my diet a little bit, and I've been trying to uh, really, like, get rid of the meat, eat more vegetables. Um, I'm not drinking any any diet sodas. I've switched over to tea. And, you know, but there's nothing really marked. It's not like, oh, I started doing this thing. I haven't been walking. I haven't been doing all the things that you just talked about doing. I haven't been doing my prayer meditation. I haven't been doing any journaling. But, uh, but you know, the, for me, what radical self-care looks like is that I don't go out. I'm having my groceries delivered. And I realized that even walking around my neighborhood, and listeners, I have a beautiful little neighborhood. I live in this great place in Montrose. I would walk everywhere in your neighborhood. Right. I mean, usually, and I don't feel scared or anything, you know. And even, you know, we do have like a like a lot of robberies and things like that because we're close to 59, where the homeless encampment is. An urban is. area. Yeah, it's an urban area. You live in an urban area. But I don't. I've, I've never. I've never felt frightened of that, but this COVID-19 stuff makes me very uneasy. And I just, you know, like if someone's walking down the street, I can cross the street. But I just, I've had like so much anxiety around it because I, I make up that because I was so ill with mono for so long, and I'm just now recovering that if I got this shit, I would die. I feel that way. So it has made me so hyper aware of everything. And so I was trying to, I was going to the grocery store and I, like, I had an anxiety attack like, you know, three weeks ago at Trader Joe's. The guy at the counter, cute guy, he was, you know, you know, they always say, oh, you're getting the chowder. You know, they want to chat you up about your fucking groceries. Oh, this lavender body scrub, isn't it fantastic? You know, and I'm like, 
shut the fuck up and bag my groceries so I can get the fuck out of here. I was like done. And I, and, and there was like a lot of people in the store and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I have such anxiety. The week after that, I went to HEB, same thing. Tons of people, people not social distancing, running their cart right up on me, you know, trying to get the thing right in front of me. I'm like, oh my God, these people are driving me crazy. And you know, I really was like, what do you need to feel safe? What do you need to feel uh, less anxiety? Like, how can I help you? Like adult, big, big panty melody. Like, you know, what can I do for you? And I was like, I'm just so fearful right now of going out in the world and I want that to change, but that's where I'm at. And it's not false evidence appearing real fear. It's a, it's a credible threat. I mean, there's stuff going on out in the world. My coworker's father-in-law died yesterday of this stuff. He worked at Walmart. He got all of his family sick. They were at a birthday party for him. I don't know if they were social distancing. I didn't ask. But, you know, he's got a birthday party. His wife gets sick. His son gets sick. His daughter-in-law gets sick. The baby gets sick. The little, her six-year-old son. Everybody gets sick. My coworker got the worst of it. And she said that it felt like, and she had gastrointestinal stuff, so she said it felt like the flu, and uh, what do you call it when you eat bad food? Oh, um, food poisoning. Food yeah. poisoning times 10. Body aches. She said, oh my God, my body just hurts so much. So she got super sick. Her son had some stomach stuff. Her husband wasn't very sick. Her mother-in-law wasn't very sick, but her father-in-law had to go on a respirator, and yesterday he passed away. So, who knows what it would do to any of us. We don't know for sure, but I, I feel like I am in a vulnerable population. So, my radical self-care has been, like, I'm having my groceries delivered. I'll pay H-E-B to come and drop them at my doorstep. I've negotiated with work that I'm continuing to work from home. So I think that doing these things have really helped me with my anxiety. And then I'm really forcing myself to go to bed every night. Like, you know, I, I stay up late, but I'm in bed by 11 and by midnight, I'm turning off the light. And I have been able to knock off quickly, sleep deeply, wake up like eight hours later, eight, eight and a half hours later, well rested. Like, I don't feel like I want to sleep in. I'm like, I'm ready to get up. And it's been revolutionary. And I've done that for the past five days. And, uh, and that's really, I think, just taking care of myself around the anxiety, like getting the big players out of the way has really well, helped okay, me. So, you know, listening to you before we started to record listener, um, I was mentioning to MG how I have some, um, I have some personal coaching clients that I help with this kind of thing. And one of the things that I always start with is like, what is your, what's your routine? What is your self-care routine? And it's amazing to me how many people do not have that. Like, well, what do you mean? What's that? do you and your self-development I think that it's really important that um, any type of self whatever you know recovery it if you want to improve something if you want to create some change in your life you've got to look at 
what are, what are you doing? What are your rituals? What are your routines? And I do have, um, you know, I have a very stringent self-care routine and self-development. I get up every morning at 5.30 and I spend 45 minutes. I meditate, I pray, I read, I listen to um, motivational material like Wayne Dyer or um, Marissa Peer or um, Abraham Hicks or something. And I listen to that, I journal, and I do my affirmations. So I do this every morning. Then, after that 45 minutes, I take the dog out. And that is my exercise in the morning. And then I do other workout. I do. I practice yoga um, later in the day. So, um, And what's your going to bed ritual? I don't have any TV in my room. And I took it out. I used to have the TV in my room, and I used to sit in lay in my bed and watch TV to fall asleep and um, I took the TV out I go to bed be about 9, 9.30 I go in my room, I read and um, and then I do have a, a app that I play a game on my phone and it makes me fall asleep and so once I get to this point where I'm like okay I'm tired, then I put it down and I fall asleep and it usually only takes like 10 minutes that, of that app so um and the reading will do it too, you know, that will put me to sleep. But it's all about being really intentional about my time and um, my schedule and my routine. And like you said, you know, I like to stay up late, but going to bed at 11, that works because I can do that and then I can turn the TV or turn the, you know, the lights off and fall asleep. And I think it's really just about, if you don't have to follow that schedule, you don't have to get up at five o'clock in the morning. But I do think that it's really important that you give yourself, if you're gonna work this program, and especially, I don't think it matters. Like if you're in withdrawal, it will help you immensely yes. to get up and read something, you know, read the big book, do your step work, listen to um, podcasts, you know, listen to, get some good input coming in and um filling up that hole with some rose bushes instead of just letting the universe put trash in it absolutely that's absolutely. our analogy listeners elizabeth has always talked about if you dig a hole in your front yard and you don't put something in it trash will flow into it leaves other you know stuff will come into it so being intentful about what we fill our lives with and you know i i just addiction is um comprised of rituals there's all of these you know i don't know about you but like i used to have a bong you know <laughs> there was the ritual of loading it up and you know doing that and even the drinking you know i think i shared in here last week that i used to um stop at the the 7-eleven and put beer in a big gulp cup and drink it with a straw that's a ritual, you know, that's like once you start doing those things and it feels good and then you want to continue to do it because it feels good and you make up, that's going to make me feel good. So you, you know, we create those rituals become habits. So it's like, what are you, it's setting yourself up for the best possible experience that you can have, not just, I mean, it'll, it'll change your recovery. Yes, absolutely. 
by far. You can get on, you can get up in the morning and hit a meeting before you go to work. You know, you can listen to a recording of a podcast before you go to work, before you do anything. And just, you know, whatever it is, you're going to make that ritual. I'll bet anything that most of these people that listen, you get up in the morning, you do something like you make tea, make coffee, you exercise, you blah, blah, blah. There is some sort of ritual that you have. And if you can expand that into something like that is radical self-care, you know, looking at yourself like you're like you're a little girl, like you just said. Precious what, little baby, like a precious little baby. What would you do with a precious little baby? It's like, I'm putting you, that little baby to the bed. She needs to go to bed. Yeah. She needs covers. Right. She needs a story. She needs a nice, comfortable bed. She needs a nice little nighty, you know, like nothing. Something uh, comfortable. Something yeah. comfortable. That's Pretty. right. So it feels good to put it on. And I've been like putting on the air conditioner because it's been so nice, but I'm like, I have to sleep cool. So I put the cool air on and I do my bedding so that I know I'm going to be comfortable. And so all of those things are what I do. And I feel like that's self-care, but I want to speak to your point about radical self-care. And I feel like radical self-care would be like starting an SLAA program. I mean, or like going to treatment. I mean, these are things that, you know, are beyond what I think, you know, I would say would be normal for me, but it's something that I need to do that's extreme in order to really get me connected to myself in a way that I usually wouldn't be. So for those of you who are just auditing the program, who just check in every now and then, you know, I understand you might not want to like go feet first into it, but it may be a point of radical self-care that you can do for you. Well, the thing is, the reason why I say radical, that phrase, because if you're doing nothing, oh, then yeah. developing anything yes, is Yes, yeah, that's radical. right, that's right, that's right, yes, I see what you're saying, yeah. Well, you were talking about, like, you know, questioning the people you work with, and they're like, what are you talking about, radical self-care, you know, or self-care? They have no idea. Well, and there's, I, it, because part of that is, is like, you know, when I'm working with a, a client, with a, um, with a, um, a coaching client, I, I don't, you know, we don't talk about program, and I usually call it self-development, not self-care, because I do think that, the, like, you're, if you really want to change where it is that you are, if you want to elevate your path, and it doesn't matter, like, if it's 12-step or if it's, you know, I want to double my income, if you want to do those things, then you've got to make changes, and you've got to look at setting yourself up for success, setting yourself up for the best experience possible. And that includes, like, all of those things, like eating right, getting the right amount of sleep, Getting up in the morning, you know, doing your journaling, doing your step work, doing your reading. You know, when I first started program, I would like put my step work off. I would do it right after I met with my sponsor and then right before. <laughs> I hurry up and get it done because I'm going to meet with her, you know. I mean, but then over the years, I've learned like it's much more effective for me if I can have time in the morning where I dedicate to me and I do that I keep looking over there because I sit over there and do that, you know, but I love it. You know, the dog, usually she stays in bed. 
and she knows about when it's time, you know, and she comes out and joins me. And then, you know, we go for this walk and it's vigorous. And I just feel like the days that I don't do that, like I'm really, I miss it. And um, something is missing. And the way that it helps me is that those, the things that I wrote and the things, the phrases that I read and the things that I listened to come back to me during the day. Mm, mm, mm. Well, what is that phrase in the big book where it talks about being spiritually fit? Like we shouldn't go out our door until we get spiritually fit. Well, and there's also that other part where it says we are given a daily reprieve. We are given a daily reprieve. We are given a daily reprieve from our addictive, from our obsession. That's what the word is. So you are given a daily reprieve from the obsession as long as you maintain a fit spiritual condition. I remember the day that that, I was in a big book study and that came out and I was like, huh. I get a daily reprieve if I connect to my higher power and I stay spiritually fit. And so I think, you know, and for me, that's working the steps with a sponsor. You figure out when you do step 12, what, what is spiritually fit? You know, what, what's, what is that? What works for you? What, how are you optimal? And that is the, that, I think that's the whole point of the radical because I don't really have to do all of those things every day, but when I do, that's an optimal. I am like thriving. I'm in this space where like with great ideas, I can build product for my website. I can edit YouTube videos. I can, you know, do my marketing. I can meet with my coach and you know, that's what it, that's what that kind of stuff does for me. It creates that. For me, when I get a good night's sleep, I feel like I can conquer the world the next day. I'm in a good mood. I feel like working. I feel like I want to cook good food for myself. I'm not drawn to the junk. I mean, for me, you know, getting like a good night's sleep is like the most delicious, wonderful thing in the world. And uh, and so I feel like it gives me an edge for the rest of the day that I can accomplish what I need to accomplish. I've been very productive. You know, I've been making these little masks and I've probably made, oh, I don't know, like a hundred masks. And I'm not selling anyone, nobody is buying them, but I, I don't care, I'm just still making. So I think what, um, you know, as we're talking about this and we're talking about self-care, probably the biggest piece of this and it is true with the whole with all of recovery is the first thing is to have that self-awareness where where are you lacking you know where what is the issue um i don't know about you dear listener but i my sleep was fucked up when i was acting out you know i was like i would wake up in the middle of the night or i would have trouble falling asleep or wake up too early and or I would cry, I just, you know, my sleep was fucked up. And it took a long time for me to get to this place where my sleep was like regulated again, where like I could lay down, go to sleep and wake up and, you know, feel refreshed like what you described. So I think, first of all, you gotta have some self-awareness, like where in it, you know, where's the lack in your in your self-care? 
and then um, as you dive into it, would I highly recommend you have a sponsor to do this with, but if you don't, just start looking at yourself. Like, what is it that you need? What is it that appeals to you? Um, there is a book, it's called Miracle Mornings by Hal Elrod, and it's not recovery related. It's all about, like, he talks about, like, getting up in the morning. He talks about getting up in the morning. It's all of this stuff and giving yourself the best possible that is so sweet. I love that. I knew she was getting, or he was going to do that. Um, giving yourself the best possible chance for a successful day. And he talks, he has this ritual that he t- talks about. And he's got all of these followers. You can go on YouTube and just uh, search for Miracle Mornings. And he'll come on there and tell you what it is. And there's a whole bunch of people that do it too. And let so, me, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, you know, listeners, that might not be something that's attractive to you, but I want to say you get to make up your own shit. Like whatever is, you know, what's going to work for you. You know, Elizabeth and I talked before. It's like, you know, I don't have, know how to keep anybody sober. I just know what works for me. So in terms of self-care, you know, figure out what works for you. You know, yesterday, I, you know, I've been like working from home and I'm covering the phones. And so yesterday I had to be up early because my coworker's father-in-law had passed away and she was taking the day off. So I was taking the uh, my toast because I don't have a toaster and I do it in the gas oven and I was taking it out and I burnt my finger. Oh, I burnt my little finger, and because uh, I was you know trying to take the phone call, not paying attention, and so I mean while I'm talking to this person on the phone, I'm headed to get a band aid. I'm headed to get some neosporin and some analgesic to put on my little uh, burn and I was getting out the band-aids and I bought a big box of a different assortment and there were little band-aids for little kids that had like Mickey Mouse I'm like I'm gonna put a Mickey Mouse on my little finger and you know make it a little bit fun but it was like my self-care is like immediate now when I feel like I am in pain or something's wrong it's like take care of this right now this is very important And, you know, I like that analogy where you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help somebody else. And I like to add, if the oxygen masks are coming down, what the fuck is going on? Something serious is going on. Yeah, you went a little too far. (laughs) You waited a little too long. Um, So what I was going to say is that, like, in the um, Bottom Line Behaviors pamphlet, there's an exercise in there and it tells you how to do it where you put you make three circles and then the inner circle is your bottom line behaviors and then in the next circle out the second circle those are what we call midline behaviors and those are things that you probably want to avoid because they lead to the bottom lines but the the best part about this exercise is the outer circle and those the outer circle gets filled with behaviors activities that keep you sober that keep you thriving so they would be things like going to a meeting calling other people in the program reading literature reading literature on a daily prayer and meditation doing your step work journaling listen 
you know, garbage in, garbage out. So you've got to have really good, you know, what are you feeding your soul? What are you feeding your head? That's got to be really good energy. Maybe, you know, so much TV isn't a good idea. You know, there might be types of music that you need to avoid. I know I needed to when I was um, in withdrawal and trying to extract myself from my qualifier. I um, I turn off the radio or I could only listen to one station for a long time because any other type of popular or mainstream music was very triggering to yeah. me. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those country songs. Oh, why did she leave me? Why did he leave me? My yes, love, I mean, my love. Like, and even like on the TV, like my favorite type of movie is rom-coms. And it's like... <laughs> well, I couldn't watch that show on Showtime called The Affair. It was just so triggering for me just to watch these people. You know, watch their lives be destroyed by affairs. I'm like, oh, I can't watch One of my favorite is um, Something's Gotta Give by, um, um, with Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And the part where she's like, um, she goes to New York and then she's like, she starts crying because she realizes that he's like, what an asshole. And um, I was, I had that on one time when I had a sponsee over at my house and I was like, yeah, this part's really good. And she was like, <laughs> You got to treat yourself as if you were your own mother. I apologize to our listeners. I have a kitty cat that has gotten out recently, and so now he knows about the outside world. And this dude's got a ritual. Mm -hmm. He longs for it. He cries for it. If he's not sleeping, he's crying for the outside. He wants to get out. Like my qualifier, you know. (laughs) I want him so bad. Why can't I have him? First of all, it's not, oh, let me out. I gotta do it. I gotta let do me it. Out. I can't let live without him. Just once. Just once. If you just let me out once, I'll be good. It'll be good. That oh cat is not my God. cat. I'm cat sitting. And so I tell that cat all the time, you don't care about me. You can get out there and get hit by a car, get bit by a dog, and ruin my gig. You know? It's like. Yeah, no, you're not doing that. No. So self-care and care for the, those that we love, you know. Uh, I, I just want to go through the stuff that we talked about. So you do have, you know, self-awareness. Know where the holes are in your, in your care, in your nurture, and whether or not you're thriving, what you need to thrive. Um, do the circles. You know, get that pamphlet, do the, the the middle. You need to do this anyway, because if you need to stop acting out, you need to know what's in those bottom line behaviors, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And then the middle, feed that, and that, you know, that's a whole nother, we could do a whole podcast on the middle behaviors. 
but then the outer circle behaviors, you know, yeah. that thing that just makes me feel so good, eating yeah. really good, cooking yeah. for myself, maybe meal prepping, prayer meditation every day, connecting with friends, um, going to meetings, doing service work. If I don't do service work, I'm, I'm a dead duck. I'm a dead duck if I don't do service work. I need, yeah. I need that. Well, and, and, and you've been a great model for me, and I feel like, you know, that's helped me in my life, and I feel like I passed it along to, to my sponsees uh, as well, you know, that, that uh, mandate that, you know, it helps keep us sober it, by doing all those things. You cannot... You cannot keep it if you don't give it away. You've got to teach someone else what you learned. And there's no guarantee that they're going to get it. But I do, I will tell you my own experience in, in um, working with others, and we can do this in another podcast though, is that once I got serious about my stuff and I stayed sober, guess what? So did the people I worked with. I it's love a, it. It's amazing feat. So self-awareness, develop rituals, rituals that work. Give yourself an opportunity for the best possible solution here, the best possible outcome. And it's a daily thing. You're given a daily reprieve based upon a fit spiritual condition. And listen, try stuff. This is what I do. It's like, okay, let me try this thing. If it, it, You know, I did like a few weeks ago, I did this... Uh, it was to this medical medium and it was a, a three week uh, detox cleansing. It was very gentle, but it was mostly vegan. The first few days you can eat your regular stuff, but then you like pull out. And it was like, and it really, I feel like it helped me. It shifted some stuff within me, you know, and it was like three weeks of my life. It's okay to try something and see how it's gonna fit. I'm not gonna be on that diet for the rest of my life. But I wanted to try it because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, listener, try something new. Get uncomfortable. Do something different. Figure out what you need. Like maybe you need to go outside. My kitty would love to. This kitty would love to go outside with you. He would love it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't go outside. Yeah. Elizabeth, thank you. So we do have a, a little announcement. We are going to start running um, speaker stories. If you are a listener and um, you've got some sobriety and you want to talk to us about telling your story, send us an email um, to Silver Sisters Gmail, Silver Sisters Talk at gmail.com. Right. So if you want to reach out to us, uh, reach out to us at Sober Sisters Talk at gmail.com. We also are taking donations once uh, next year. I'm going to pronounce it next January. I want us to start traveling and going to going different cities, going on the road. Going on the road. And uh, so we're, we're wanting to start, you know, getting donations for that initiative uh, and then to help defray some of our costs for our podcast. So uh, you can send those via Google pay to sober sisters talk gmail.com. And otherwise we will see you or you will hear us next week and don't forget our meeting we have a meeting um 6 p.m central time on um fridays and it's a women's meeting but anybody any woman anywhere you can join us if you need a meeting um just send us an email and we'll send you the zoom link okay thank you everyone until the next time bye 
So if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Or you can check out our other episodes at www.SoberSistersTalk.com. And we're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and there we have them all lined up. You can see them. You can get a little description. You can share it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Bye.